What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode three. No, let's not say episode three. This is going to be the M21. This is M21 episode two. Let's call it that. And uh, we're going to talk about some M21 spoilers. The whole set is out. And uh, Rob and I just took about 45 minutes uh, to try and work out some audio hiccups. One of the issues we're having is that uh, in order to sync up the, the audio, like Rob has his file, I have my file. In order to sync them up, we'll count down from five. And I'll try to overlap my my count on top of his. So he says three, I say three at the same time. And that way we know exactly, like when I'm syncing the two files up, I know exactly where they are uh, matched up. For some reason though, when we've called through Discord, we've called through Skype, we've even called on phones. For some reason, there's always a one second lag and we don't know why. So if you guys have any information, let us know if you guys have any hints or any, any ideas why this might be. And uh, it's also, it might explain why it seems like Rob and I are talking over one another. Because there might be a one second delay between our two, uh, our two audio files. So Yeah, I definitely don't think we've been talking over each other after hearing part of one of the recordings that were posted. It's, it, we're definitely not talking over each other anywhere near as uh, what it sounds like on the podcast. It's just a matter of trying to figure it out for us. That's all. Yeah, I thought that too, and it always felt like that when, when I was when I was like, because I feel like I would know if I was if we were talking over each other a ton in the actual conversation. So it's weird. Like it would make sense because like in the audio, if I stop talking for a second and then Rob doesn't respond because there's a delay, I might start talking again, and then Rob might start talking over me to respond because I just ended rather than like two seconds ago. So I mean, it kind of makes sense why it would seem like we're talking over one another in the uh, in the audio if there is a delay. Um, but what are you going to do? We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to get through it. This never happened. Uh, me and, me and Andrew did a podcast called Franz. It never happened there. And me and Ollie used to do Freshly Brewed and that never happened to us there either. So I'm not sure what the reason is. And like I said, we tried it on Skype, Discord, and we just use our phones. (laughs) We just (laughs) called each other on the phone. So completely unrelated to our computers and, uh, it still happened. So I'm not sure what the culprit is, but... Hopefully we can get to the bottom of it. It's or hopefully it's just not an issue this week. Yeah. Oh my god. You know how amazing that would be? Because would you edit this out or would we leave this in? No, oh, this is all going in. Okay. We're talking to the audience right now. Oh, that would be that would be funny though, right? If everything here is perfect. I uh, that would be great. That would be perfect because then we know we could just this is just let it rip. The what? Yeah, what we experienced was not part of the the issue, right? It was just a that, that's just how it sounds. Yep. All right. You ready to start this? Like actually get into and- it. You mean, the, you mean the magic content? Absolutely. Instead of the troubleshooting content? Yes. Freshly troubleshooted. <laughs> no, it's not. God, Jesus. All right, so yeah. M21, every card was revealed. All 540 cards of the set were, <laughs> were released this week. And uh, what do you think, man? What do you think? I, I, I have no idea what's going on. I can't. I can't keep up. I can't keep up because they just started spoiling a whole other set. start. <laughs> I had never no, even heard of it. Dude, I don't even know what this set is. Apparently, it's not standard legal. It's like legacy and vintage legal and commander legal, but it's not like historics. You can play some of the cards in historic. I literally have no idea. It's it's like they're messing with us at this point, right? Like they're they're at this point, they're literally messing with us. Dude, like the whole set was released for M21 and the next day jump start was you're like i'm like wait what <laughs> can i play with these cards what's happening right now 
it's i don't understand it yeah it's it's pretty crazy like it's so hard to keep up and here we are again beating the same dead horse from the first two podcasts and but but it it remains true like how are we supposed to handle all this content it's ridiculous i mean i'm okay with having the content i'm just like as so as a content creator i like all the cards as a player i don't because I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's too confusing to keep up with. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, jumpstart. There's jumpstart unicorns? What is that? Jumpstart Phyrexians? Jumpstart cats? What is this? What's the, what is this set? So if you're so if you're asking, here's what the set is. The set, the set is made up of 20 card booster packs. The booster packs are themed booster packs. Okay, I may not be 100% correct here, but this is everything I've heard. <laughs> So you this is as close as we're going to get. So you select a theme, right? You pick cats. Uh, and then you want to go pick another theme. You want to pick reanimation. You Basically, the set is made to where you can have your cats pack together with your reanimation pack and build a deck out of it. So you, you basically t- are supposed to take two different types of packs, put them together, and you make one deck out of it. Who's the audience for this set? Who's the who's the demographic that they're looking to to cater this set towards? You know, first off, they they keep referring to new new players, right? But if you look at some of the cards they're spoiling, there's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm like, these are complex, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Like Savala, Heart of the Wilds, which is the original green mono green Savala. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power. Add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Like, like, this card makes a lot of sense to veteran Magic players, but to a new player, this is a lot of text with a lot of variables. Yeah, it's 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 a lot, man. So I'm like, who is this? Who are you gearing this towards? I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Let, let's call it what it is. It's, it's a money grab because look at the cards they're reprinting. It's literally a money I mean, grab. There's definitely some gems in here, right? Like, we got a shoulder in here. That's pretty neat. Yeah, shield. What is this well? What is this well red? There's like a token. It's one blue. It's called well red. Is that a card? What is this? I'm looking you know at what the, I'm talking about? I'm looking at the spoilers now. I know I saw them at the beginning. Well red. I don't know what that it's is. A, it's it's. Do you see it though? It's one blue. It's got like a merfolk on it. It has no text whatsoever except for the fact that it says well red. Uh, I actually have no idea what that is. There's also one for, uh, for. There's another one. It's the white one. It says unicorns, one white. I don't know what I like. <laughs> I'm just, as a veteran magic player, I'm just really confused. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. I don't know, man. Like, do we even talk about this? There's, are there, are there are these cards worth talking about? I, I think the extent of these cards. Well, okay, so I think you and I have to find a way together to both of us delve into historic because I think that like right now historic is hot content. So I think it would benefit us to do that. I think it's hot because wizards is pushing it really hard. Yeah. But I still, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I still feel like historic is overlapping with pioneer too much. Um, I haven't played a lot of pioneer. Um, but I, I, I do know a good bit about like what's going on and what decks are, are, are considered the best decks, uh, and archetypes and stuff. And I'm going to be honest, man, from my opinion, historic's completely different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so would you say you're not as well read in pioneer? 
as compared to historic, yes. Okay. Okay. I was just making a well-read joke about that weird card that we didn't Oh. <laughs> I mean, they remind me of, like, deck labels. Like, this goes in the front of the deck to be like, this is my seismic deck. This is my walls deck. Like, there's a bunch of different ones. Okay, but if I have the if I buy the seismic pack and I buy the wall pack, which one do I use? Which one do I put? Yeah, which one is which one represents my deck here? Yeah. And you know what? I don't know. This is this is nuts, man. So is the whole set revealed? Is all of the set out? No. This this set, I could have sworn this set is <laughs> literally like a five hundred card set. Because there's literally like three hundred spoiler cards on here. Jumpstart Rainbow. Like, this is kind of wild because, like, the amount of, of of preview cards for this set is pretty ridiculous. It's it's honestly, I I think like I'm there's a lot of sweet cards. I know you're you're seeing them and you've seen some of them. There's a lot of sweet cards, and this set itself like is making me excited to play historic because you're injecting so many cards into historic right now but there are some seriously op cards that they have not come out or they've come out and said are not banned well, i mean there's crater hoof behemoth right in here right right yeah and elvish arch druid like el- elves i mean crater hoof just wins games you know what i mean like okay here's a post from it's it's uh, it's a here's the wizard's post right um Jumpstart is at its foundation. Jumpstart is simple. Grab two boosters, shuffle them together, and you're ready to go. But a closer look reveals an intricate play experience unlike anything in Magic. So they're basically kind of like jumpstarting your your draft, right? Like or your sealed event. You take two boosters, you shuffle them together. Forty, they're twenty cards each. So now you have forty cards, and I assume the lands that you need are also all included in the packs. Um, each booster contains twenty cards centered on a theme. What theme each booster contains is randomized, but each theme. Uh, 20 card will be sealed inside the pack and labeled. Interesting. Oh, um, that's so that 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 explains the, that's the card. The labeled card. The lead right. card. Yep. I, I didn't know that you couldn't tell what pack you were buying. What if you buy the two of the same ones? That yeah. Are they labeled on the outside? No, they're I think they're saying they're labeled when you open it up. It, it's got a face card. That's what that card is for. So you know Each which theme. themed 20 cards will be sealed inside the pack and labeled. I don't know. That's interesting. One in three boosters includes an extra rare. Okay, sure. So every other player, basically. Every other player gets a, that's an extra rare, right? Because if one in three, then that means you get two, the next guy gets two and one of his will, the next guy gets two and his won't, the next guy gets two, his will. That's, right? That, one in three would mean. That's actually false. Uh, knowing, I, I know what life is like for you when you play limited events. <laughs> I, I, as your opponent, I would get the two packs of two rares you would get and would the just... zero rares <laughs> yeah errors that sounds about right was it's loaded with reprints almost 500 jumpstart includes 37 new cards in the game these will not be standard pioneer or modern legal cards they are legal in legacy vintage and, vintage and commander just like i said uh it's closely tied to corset 2021 they share a lot of content and release near one another but jumpstart is a standalone product all cards are legal in eternal formats, Legacy, Vintage, and Commander, which is, you know, basically, they already said that. Every pack includes one basic land with art that matches the pack's theme. A few of them use thematically appropriate lands from M21, but most of them use brand new themed land art created for Jumpstart. Why Why would you only give me one of the lands? We also plan to bring this fun play experience to MTG Arena sometime this year. Jumpstart cards on MTG Arena will be legal and historic. 
Yeah. So all of them? No, there there's a select list. I got to imagine after seeing Ristic Study a second ago that that's probably on the list. Because <laughs> it doesn't say that. It literally just says Jumpstart cards will be legal and historic. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say all. So that's interesting. I mean, there's a bunch of good cards in here, right? Like Thirst for Knowledge, um, Grim Lava Mancer, Volcanic Fallout. Yeah, it's it's sta- it's stacked with good cards. Uh, that's for sure. Like like I said, I think it's a, I I just think it's a cash grab. Like everything we've seen in the past X amount of months has basically been throw f- throw your money at us for these overpowered items. Oh, and by the way, a new item comes out next month. That's what it's been like. It seems for six well, months. I mean, like the cost to make these has to be so low, right? You just commission some new art, and then you reprint a card that you already have, like that you've already created and you already the rights to, right? Like, I mean, a lot of the like. It's like they said, it's a 500 card set, but there's only 37 new cards. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, 37 out of 500 is less than 10%. So, I mean, like they, the, in terms of like the R&D effort on this, on this set or like the, the new content in this set, it's only third, it's less than 10%, you know? Yeah. That's again, small investment big payoff yeah right yeah exactly because i mean even me if, if there were game stores right now that were open i would definitely grab two boosters and and i would definitely play some some jumpstart draft or whatever you want to call it jumpstart sealed whatever like that sounds like that sounds like fun you know i mean but, I, I agree i agree that this the idea of it seems awesome but it's just so overwhelming 500 i agree and it's hard especially as collectors as someone who like if if i i don't i don't collect as much for the sake of collecting but i still have a, a collection that's valuable right so like when i see a reprinting of like oristic study or crater hoof behemoth i'm just like what does that do for the value of the cards that i own i don't know yeah you know phyrexian tower is in this set yeah i know that's pretty wild so Jeez. so here's the current list out of all the spoiled cards this is the current list of cards that were spoiled that are not legal in uh historic you ready yeah Ball Lightning, Chain Lightning, Exhum, Lightning Bolt, Reanimate, Read the Runes, Ristic, Ristic Study, Scourge of Neltoth, Time to Feed, and uh, Fa'adia Fa Seer. That's okay, so there is a list of specific cards that are not legal in in Historic? Uh, correct. Yes. There's an ongoing Where did list. You, I'll send it. Where did you find Give this me a list. second. Okay. I'll send it to you here. Yeah, for sure. So that's interesting. Is that confusing at all? No, not at all. Zero confusion. <laughs> like, like there's like a, okay. So yeah, if you go to, uh, if you search for jumpstart cards being replaced in MTG arena, uh, there is a, there's a list of like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten cards that, Oh, it also says 20 cards from the upcoming release of Jumpstart will be a bit different for the set when it releases. Yeah, there'll be 20. On MTG Arena. These cards are replaced with other cards. So, like, if you open if you open one of the decks on Arena, you're not going to get these cards. You're going to get something else. That's the way I read it, yes. Okay. These cards are replaced with other cards, some of which will also be new to MTG Arena. We'll share... So, that's so weird. Why not just not put them in the friggin' jump... Like, what you're... Now you... So, it's like... Not only do you have... Okay, so all the Jumpstart cards that you open on MTG Arena are legal in Historic. That is my understanding, yes. 
The problem is the jumpstart cards you open in paper that aren't legal and historic are just changed in MTG Arena. I would assume yes, they're they're just not loaded, so you get a you get a different card instead. <laughs> it's so weird. Can we can what? we go can we talk about something else real quick that's part of this? Is sure. This is five hundred cards, right? Uh huh. That we are just instantly injecting into a form. We're taking two formats basically and putting it into one format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if jumpstart was literally a way to quite literally jumpstart historic. No, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. Like I, I'm now that we're talking about this. You know, obviously I read about it, but now that we're talking about it, all I can sit here and think is, um, when Pioneer first released, like it was huge. Everybody was brewing. Everyone wanted uh-huh. to do stuff. Everyone's gonna want to get on MTG Arena and start buying these packs. Yeah, because now all of a sudden you get to play with all of these these cards that are cool, but they weren't necessarily in historic, right? And now you have like. Like I said, Thirst for Knowledge is a great one. I even think these lands are pretty good. The uh, there's, a, there's a series of lands that enter the battlefield tapped. As they enter the battlefield, you choose a color other than the color they are. So Thriving Isle is blue. So choose a color other than blue. Tap to add blue or one mana of the chosen color. So they're basically any color dual land you want, right? They could be blue-black, blue-red, blue-green, whatever you want. Yeah, those... I, I think... The- those are pretty sweet. I was going to say, if you actually... The most important thing about those lands is if you look at... Um, the rarity symbol on it. I think that's the most important part. Those cards go straight into popper. Those are common. Yep. Yeah, it's great because if you have like if you have a, a Grixis deck, for example, and you're like, wow, I need a black source. I really hope I draw like a drowned catacomb. Instead, if you draw Thriving Isle, you can always have either black or red, depending on what you need. You know, if you steal an opponent's creature that has a green activated ability, you can actually make it green. You know, like it's. I think those lands are actually really good. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty solid. I mean, the tap, the tap, the the fact that they come into play tapped um, is 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 rough. But again, they're yeah, they're just sure. a better version in a three color deck. They're just a, a upgraded version of a tap dual land. I don't know what the like Phyrexian Tower being reprinted and putting it put in historic is really kind of interesting. Dude, because that's like a that's like a legacy card, man. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely interesting. That's for sure. Craterhoof Behemoth being in in Jumpstart is interesting, like. I'm just looking over some of the cards that are standing out to me. By the way, they just, it's, you know, they just put um, Unburial Rites. They, I mean, that was that was just a deck. Junk Rites was just a deck. You know what I mean? Where's Lingering Souls? Well, I mean, there's 500 cards in this set, which is actually a ridiculous amount of cards. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. To, like I said, like we've talked about last week, it's a lot to process. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how deep does it go, right? Like, I'm trying to figure out in my head, like, what format Historic is going to resemble most based on the cards that they've revealed. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I just look at it and I go, okay, well, I guess someone's playing Elves. Like, here's an Oracle of Moldiah, and that's cool. Why, like, why is Fa'adias here banned? Like, why isn't that allowed? In? That's a good question. I'd have to see it. Let me <laughs> scroll and find it real quick. I mean, Fiatisir is a 1-1 for 2 mana, 1 and a green. It's a human shaman. Tap it to draw a card and reveal it. If it, is a, if it isn't a land, discard it. So, like, draw a card. If it's a land, you keep it in your hand. If it's not, you discard it. Like, it's, it's literally the same thing as, like, Green Warden? Green Dryad? Whatever that thing is. That's weird. Yeah, I wonder why that's busted. 
Draw a card and reveal it. If it isn't a land, discard it. And it costs two mana. Like I could, I could see an argument. That's a one-one. Yeah, I could see an argument if it costs one mana, and then you know there was a way to filter into your graveyard pretty easily. But still, that's yeah. Rough. Like dry. Dryad Greenseeker is one in a green for a 1-3. Look at the top card of your library. If it's a land, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. Like, it's basically the same thing, except if it's not a land, you discard it for the Seer. So, I mean, like, I really don't think there's that much graveyard shenanigans that's like, oh, I discarded this random top card of my life. Like, I milled myself one. Well, you haven't seen that's... the other 564 cards that are being spoiled. I guess, but if you're making a set where Faadius here is like too OP, then like what's happening? You know, I think there's the set has bigger problems. Is really what I'm getting to. Yeah. Also, the uh, the it's only the only relevant text I can see, and I, again, I don't know how it's relevant, but the only difference between the the card you uh, Green Seeker and this card is this literally says draw a card. Yeah, whereas Green Seeker puts it in your hand. Correct. But I don't know how that's relevant, but that's a thing. I don't either. The discard could also be relevant, like, for Madness, I guess. But, like, I don't see any Madness in the format, so it's like, I have no idea, man. Not yet. But, again, like, preemptively banning that because you're like, oh, dang, it's going to be mono Madness decks. Like, that seems weird. But then again, here's, like, they also discarded... They also banned Exhume and Reanimate. So... Maybe it's easy, maybe it's it's realistic to presume that there's a reanimate deck that's pretty strong. I mean, you got to think that they they know what they're doing. They know what they're releasing ahead of schedule. The fact that they do we have to think that it's the fact that uh, the fact that they just brought um, uh, unburial rights into the format and they're releasing this you know this set of cards that that has to mean something. I'm very confused. I'm looking forward to, I think, a few weeks from now where you and I um, start, we stream together and we just start, let's start exploring Historic together because Historic is, is awesome. I love it. I would do that. All right. If you're a fan, I would I would do it. What do you think of Tiny Bones Trinket Thief? <laughs> uh, I can't, he, he looks cute. I can't tell if it, if I should be scared or if, if I should, you know, if I'd come see what he's got in his hand. <laughs> what do you got, you little Tiny Bones? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Tiny Bones... <laughs> Tiny Bones Trinket Thief is a one black mythic. It's a one two. So it costs two mana, one and a black. Skeleton Rogue, legendary creature. There's only one Tiny Bones Trinket Thief. <laughs> At the beginning of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and lose a life. So if they discard a card, you get a Phyrexian Arena Trigger. For six mana, four black black, each opponent with no cards in hand loses ten life. That's pretty strong. That, that that just wins game, and you can activate it multiple times. Yeah, I mean, like, six mana, it's a lot, but, like, it could kill you, too. <laughs> Plus, like, the, the, the disc, the, like, on turn two, you just play this guy and make them discard the next turn, and then you draw a card. Like, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it, it does, it does seem good. Like, I, I don't, again, we, this is, there's no way... I could even think to begin to build anything right now or even come Correct, up with it because it's too know, much. Right. And it's too much. What we have is too much. And I feel like the thing is like the jumpstart because of the number of cards, I, I think a lot of the strategies are going to be self-contained where you're like, oh, okay. So most of the cards in my discard slash reanimate deck are going to be in from from the jumpstart set. For the most part, yeah. I mean, I definitely think there are some powerful cards that are in Historic right now. There are some great cards. Um, so I, I think it would probably be... I think you're going to look at Deckless, and if I had to guess, I would say you're looking at 50-50 um, cards of um, 
from this new set uh, versus and cards that are... the pre-existing pool. Correct. One thing that, that always turned me off of Historic a little bit is the fact that, like, I have no idea what's in the set. I've bought all of the packs on Arena just because I like to get things like that and I don't want to have to spend, like, a million dollars if I get them individually. So I'll be like, yeah, I'll spend the 500 gems or whatever to get, the, like, the, the Historic Pack 3 or whatever, you know? But I literally have no idea what those cards are because they're just so random that unless I like sit there and analyze and be like, okay, it's got warm coil engine. Okay. It's got, you know, solemn simulacrum, whatever. Like I, I literally, unless I've analyzed them, I have no idea like what cards are legal and historic and what cards aren't because the cards they chose to inject individually are just so random. Yeah. I, I guess I can understand that. Um, but at least at the ver at the bare minimum, at least they're, they're all contained in the system and you, you know, you can't see anything in your system that's not legal and historic unless it's that's banned. That's true. That's a good point because like, you're not looking at a bunch of modern cards and being like, is this historic? If, if something is in your collection, it's gotta be historic legal, right? Right. Exactly. Unless it's banned. <laughs> like Oko. Or once upon a time. Or... Oko. I couldn't think of another one. Uh, uh, the one, the one mana green flash card, uh, Veil of Summer. Oh god, that card is okay. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I it's funny because we haven't even done our M twenty one set review yet, and Jumpstart already has like two hundred and fifty cards spoiled, and I'm just like, come on, guys, just slow down. Yeah, it's it's like the meme. It's like the meme where the the guy's walking down the street and staring at the other girl behind him, and it's like jump starts behind him in M twenty ones and, and oh yeah, hands. the uh, the jealous girlfriend meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's funny. Like even even beyond that, like one month ago, almost one month ago to the day, is when Ikoria was released in paper, and I'm just like, I can't. I, I mean, like, I just want to take a nap. I just want to take a Magic the Gathering nap. And when I wake up, there'll be one new set every three months, and there'll be plenty of time to digest it, and that set will be deep enough that like we can do lots of different things with it. We can have lots of different decks, and the metagame shifts every week. What uh what do you let's since 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 we're not getting spoilers yet for M twenty one, what what are your thoughts on how do you think magic moves forward, paper magic from here? I mean it's hard to say because I don't know how the world moves forward, you know? It's like I think once the world recovers, I think paper magic's going to be fine. I think I, I I think people who don't think that uh, like strongly underestimate uh, the appeal of wizards' paper magic, like the the appeal of people like just getting together on a on a weeknight or a weekend and just playing paper magic at the kitchen table, like that is by far wizards' bread and butter in terms of profits. I think. Uh, no, I so I agree with that. I guess I should have been more specific. So let let's say here's your scenario. Ready. Uh, January 1 rolls around and there has not been a case of COVID-19 for four months and we because we had a vaccine and it's working perfectly and everyone is healthy and there's no we don't worry anymore. Um, I'm not talking kitchen table. I want to know what you think about um, playing like like GPs and stuff. Yes. I don't know. It's hard to say because I think even before COVID like Wizards was definitely moving gps and professional play they were moving it in two directions one is towards digital like you could definitely see the pro the pro tour moving more i'm just always gonna call it the pro tour i'm sorry i'm not gonna call it the players tour i'm not gonna call it mythic championship it's always gonna be the pro tour because it's just easy to say you know what i mean like and i can't keep up with the brand changing like they literally changed it from mythic championship to players tour which is still abbreviated to pt 
it's just confusing. Yeah. Right. I'll call commander commander because that has been a, brand, a consistent brand change for many, many years. But until wizards decides on what to call like the highest level of competitive play, I'm just going to call it the pro tour until then. That's your, and right. you can see that what's up. I was going to say, that's your right. And I'm going to let you go. That's, <laughs> that's also the hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. And um, like the difference is like, you can see them moving professional play towards the digital the digital realm like they were playing like mythic championships on mtg arena right and also gps were now magic fests and they had a heavy focus on commander you know what i mean right so like it's funny because you can see both of the major in-person uh competitive magic events shifting their focus towards a digital and b more like not even you know kind of like casual but not even like to there's there it's it's almost like they're shifting grand prix to the to the people who would to actually spend more money you know what i mean like hey let's make this a commander event we'll have a bunch of commander tables and pods and things and that way like you know commander players spend money on magic to me you know to, so. to me it always felt like in the recent times it felt like they were taking the um kind of elaborate on what you're saying they were taking the when I used to think of GPs and I remember watching the coverages, um, it was about the tournament. Who was the GP champ? Who won? What was mm-hmm. he playing? You know what I mean? And now it's it's like, oh my gosh, you can buy this pass and buy that pass and you get to do all these yeah. things in Turbo Draft and Commander. You know what I mean? Like it was about everything else that was not the GP itself. So here's what's funny to me. And I, I agree with you. I think you're 100% right. But one thing I have noticed for the longest time, for probably since I was a, a, P, a PTQ grinder, professional magic players, quote unquote, competitive magic players don't spend money on the game. I can recall countless, countless posts from magic players being like, anybody got a deck for me this weekend? I want to play in this PTQ. Anybody got a deck? Oh, thanks for lending me this deck. No one owns fucking magic cards at a, at a high competitive level. It's very few players. Those people are not taking their winnings and injecting them back into magic. So like you would see, yeah, man, that's awesome. Like, Hey, this dude won the, won the grand prix. Let's put his face up here. These are the winning decks. Like, but it doesn't bring any more money into wizards. You know what I mean? So like you can watch them shift their focus to like, let's sell more passes. Let's get more artists in here. Let's have people buy more prints. Let's sell more, like, like more booths at events. Like it all makes sense from a business standpoint, Instead of like just having it as like, hey, here's here's the pro tour that you can never buy any cards for and and win money at, you know, like it's like if I was a musician in a band and I didn't even have my own guitar, I just borrowed everyone's guitar <laughs> every time I wanted to play music, right? Like, yeah, I mean, for, you know, but like, go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say like it's like if it's like if I did that and then like you slowly watch concerts switching to more more of like, hey, let's let's have more merch here. Let's, you know, like, it's just, it makes more sense. Like, I I don't blame them in the least for that. Yeah, I I get that too. And for me, it's like, I always, I mean, you you know me, we we used to talk all the time and you would ask me like, what's, what's winning in standard? Is this good? Is this good? And I I could, I could literally spit out like the most recent results. And that has just died off so much for me because of. It's, it's true. I don't, I don't even look like, I don't remember the last time I looked at like the top decks or like. Also, because I think instead of like one Grand Prix, there's like Magic Online event, MTG Arena event, MTG Arena event, Magic Online event, Magic Online event, Paper event. And I'm like, oh, so instead of like one Grand Prix this weekend that had like the best of the best players, 
there was like 14 different sponsored tournaments this weekend. You know, like, you know, here's a Red Bull event. Here's a Twitch Rivals event. Here's this and that. And I'm like, just like, okay, I can't keep up with 14 events each week without each have like four of the same eight deck lists in every top eight, you know, like. This is, uh, this is, this is, this is some real talk right here, man. And this kind of sucks because I can't tell you how much I enjoyed, like, watching the players that I love to watch, watching them play. Like I, like that matter. I love event coverage. There were Saturdays I'd wake up and I'd be like, I don't want to do anything today. I just want to watch them. I just want to go in my living room and I just want to cast the, you know, the pro tour or the grand prix on, on the TV, you know, and just, I just want to watch it. And you know, a lot of times it'd be during summer. It'd be like rainy outside. And that's (laughs) like my special, that's like my cozy place. I'm just watching MTG coverage on the couch while it's raining outside. And like, I don't think that's, as possible anymore you know what i mean yeah yeah it's 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 really not and for me it's like listen i want to hear marshall sutcliffe you know what i mean i don't want to see him <laughs> but reed duke <laughs> i want to see him and i don't want to hear him no i want to hear, no, him, I too. hear him too <laughs> i want to hear him both yeah it's it's sad i mean like it makes me i i i definitely agree that it's an end of an era like it's definitely like it's a, it was a slow transition in the past couple of years but like you can definitely see how like the world of magic and magic and magic professional play that we used to live in is just not there anymore. Um, but I also don't know if it's a bad thing or if it's just new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's hard. I'm trying to like process it and trying to figure out how I really feel. But like again, like it, it would I would feel a lot more confident if like set after set was just knock it out of the park, and like even if there's no hey there's no pro tour coverage there's not as many grand prix with coverage because they even stopped doing grand prix coverage altogether you remember, and like that would be fine if like I was like but every standard set is so good, but that's not even the case right like all these standards that have like infinite banned cards in them <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's, I I know you love I know you love the game of Magic, but if you if you look at the content you're putting out, like you you're you're doing everything. I don't want to say you're like you're doing it on purpose, but but because of the enjoyment you find in the game, you're literally finding only outlets that are not what they're pushing, because it's just for people like you and me that are not playing for high stakes, you know, it's it's we can't do anything fun. We have to do these other things. They take they take that away from us. I think that's actually a great way of putting it. Where like, you're forcing me to play cards like Oko or Once Upon a Time or you know whatever other card that was Agent of Treachery, right? And like, I can't really just jump on Arena or like jump on Magic Online and play a Brew, or else I'm gonna have to deal with a Companion, you know. And it's like, it's really hard because like I feel like there was a place in competitive Magic for like for the Brew or for like the Shaheen Saranis or for the Ali and and. Now I feel like it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe that's, it's A, it's not their intention and B, like they're trying to fix it, right? Maybe they're trying to make it not such a way. But like, yeah, there was definitely a time where I'm like, well, if I'm not playing Nisu Shakes the World in Oko, I'm just literally disadvantaging myself. I can promise you that that time is now because I've been stuck in platinum for, I can't tell you how many seasons because you know me, I refused. I, I just can't find enjoyment in playing anything that dominates a format and same it's same yeah so I, I i just i'm i'm stuck like midway through and I, I can't progress anymore and it sucks what are you playing against because right now like all the the all the quote-unquote problematic cards are banned right so 
I mean, what on earth could you possibly play against that is so i've been playing uh, i've been playing um i've been playing standard uh more so recently because of the bands and stuff like that well yeah on arena i would figure as much yeah but the 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 format basically reverted to what it was several months ago basically so there's a lot of like bant mid-range um, oh, so it's, it's just mono Nissa who shakes the world. Right? It's it's honestly it's Uro is what it is is the yeah. problem. Um, so right now you have you have the the Bant mid range decks. You have obviously the the most destructive deck in the format right now is Team of Reclamation. And it's not even close. Like it's it's not even close. And this is it's so funny because this is what I said. I'm like, gee, are why are we banning fires but not Team of Reclamation? And everyone's like, well, Team of Reclamation is totally different. It's just a, it's not even nearly as bad. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, it's funny because because I take a step back from standard, I feel I speak with less authority. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll take your word for it. You probably play a lot of standard. You probably know that that teamer, you know, teamer, the teamer reclamation deck is probably not, not going to be as bad. But, like, when you look at the card, it's literally always been shitty. Yeah. No one has ever played teamer reclamation to cast an extra opt on their opponent's turn <laughs> to keep a, a simple counter spell up. No one's doing that. They're all playing the most broken shit. Like they're playing Expansion Explosion, or they're playing Nexus of Fate, or they're activating their Escanta and then playing Nexus of Fate and then untapping their land for a third time. No one's playing this card in a fair manner. And I don't think Standard is the place to let people do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. And the, the, the response is... Um, I, I read something on Twitter actually today. It was kind of funny. It was... Um, it was... It was uh, uh, Watsy... Uh, contradicting themselves. It was a post from uh, them speaking to banning um, uh, what card? Um, one of the most recent bans. And it, they were saying, oh, well, we, oh, Fires, it was Fires Invention. Fires Invention, yeah, yeah. sure. They were saying, oh, well, it has like a 56% win rate against all other decks in the field and, and this and that and this and that about how why we need to ban it. And then you look at the results from this past weekend and Team Rec is like 60, 60%. Like it's, it's ridiculous. That sounds like, that sounds like fun. It's not fun. Oh, that's what I meant. I said fun. I meant un, that sounds like not fun. Uh, that's what I meant. Utter disdain. I, I just, I just got it totally. Oh, the players tour online is that we're talking about from uh, June thirteenth? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what it's called anymore. I just first, I... <laughs> first place teamer, second place teamer, third place teamer, fifth place teamer, seventh place teamer, eighth place teamer. Uh, thankfully, there is two band ramp decks in fourth and sixth. Ninth place teamer, eleventh place teamer, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth place teamer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve copies of Teamer Reclamation in the top sixteen. And let's let it be known uh, that everyone knew that was the best deck going into the weekend. Everyone. Uh, yeah, because they also printed a card called uh, Shark Typhoon, and that way you can play that guy on six and untap all your lands, and then play something else and. Like I just don't understand like why they thought this would be okay. Like this, like it's literally the first thing I thought when they, when they banned fires was that like okay, well people are just gonna play wilderness reclamation because it's literally the same card. Okay, sure. If you're that guy, here's the thing. Someone made an argument in my article. They're like, okay, well actually fires kind of gives you three times as much mana because you know you get to play one spell for the, as number of lands you have, a second spell for the number of lands you have, and then you can tap your lands for mana. Sure. But here's the thing. <laughs> you can never multiply those manas, right? So if I can play a 5-drop and a 5-drop, that doesn't give me 10 mana, right? So 10 mana, having actual 10 mana is a bigger deal. Plus, if I have multiple teamer, multiple Wilderness Reclamations, like... Right, they stack. It's just bonkers. Right, like if I just have two Wilderness Reclamations in play, and I have 6 mana, that's 18 mana. 
Like, I don't understand why that's an okay thing to be having in standard. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you 100%. And this is why I prefer, like, the cube. This is why I just love cubes on Magic Online. Because you never really have to deal with this. Like, and I'll be honest, like, the last few months of standard, like, the probably the last, like... I probably is it like the last year? Would you say, dude? I I think it's been longer. Like the last at least year of standard has just been absolutely exhausting. Where like from month to month, I literally never know if if a deck is going to be legal in two weeks. Um, yeah. the the uh, I feel like we've been complaining as a whole about standard since uh, copycat. That was over and even a year the player ago. base, right? Yeah, yeah, not me and you. I mean, yeah, I mean the collective the collective brain. Well, it's funny because even the Sahili Rai combo, outside of that combo, you still had Aetherworks Marvel that was banned. You still had like Emrakul Aeon's Torn or the Promised End that was banned, right? You still had there were still like three other cards Smuggler's Copter. You still had like tons of cards from those sets. It wasn't even just like Sahili Rai and and Felidar Guardian, right? Like if it was just oh, this one oppressive infinite combo slipped through our our there was like four cards in that block that got banned. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a while, man. It's been a while since since things like it's funny. I remember when I remember when uh, Abzan was um, when Siege Rhino was the real deal, and I used to hate playing against Siege Rhino, man. And I would complain, but it's dude. I would yeah. Go ahead. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, I would. I would like you. I would kill to play in that era again, dude. Dude, give me one four or five that lightning helixes me when it comes to the play. <laughs> I swear I'll be good to go, man. I promise. Dude, do you you, you know re- what? Yeah. They're gonna play Siege Rhino. I'm gonna play Oko and turn it into a 3-3. And then they're gonna be like, well, can't deal with that. <laughs> no, man. The funny thing is I get the funniest thing was I, I hope they spoil Siege Rhino for this new set. For Jumpstart? Yeah. It doesn't look like there's any gold cards, though. That's the problem. It stinks. You know, I think there's no gold cards because when you pick a jumpstart deck it can't work independently, right? Like, you can't have a three-color card in one deck because the deck wouldn't be able to support it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's all, like, mono blue, mono red, mono black, mono white. So then when you put them together, you're, you know, you have all basic lands and, like, the thriving cards, the thriving lands, thriving more, you know, thriving bluff, whatever they are, so. Yeah. Oh, I guess it could be in the Jumpstart Rainbow deck, though, huh? Is that a thing? Yeah, there's a Jumpstart Rainbow deck. It's got Maelstrom, Archangel, uh, Fusion Elemental, Raging Regisaur, like a bunch of different gold cards. So, so it, it could be in there. It has to be filled with land cards, right? Because if you're like, oh, I got the Rainbow Well, pack. there's like a bunch of, yeah, there's a bunch of triple lands like Terramorphic Expanse, Mirrodin's Core, Rupture Spire, uh, Prophetic Prism is in there, Skittering Surveyor to search for a land, a bunch of different cards that let you... That's Let funny. What ha- what happens if you open that your two packs? Uh, you open that and then you open like mono red. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess you're burning rainbows, bro. We're curving out, boys. <laughs> oh my god! Like, yeah, but I mean, like standards just kind of, kind of meh. I don't know. I I fight. And, I fight for it, man. I fight. You know me. I'm always trying to get you to play fun stuff. I know you do. It's been a while though. But it's also it's a point where like, hey, if you don't, if you're not actually like. the fun stuff is great but one of my favorite things about standard is the fun stuff does have chances to win like i've i've consistently won with fun brews that i've I've brewed up but like if i'm having to play against like the same 10 cards like you know either the team of reclamation deck or a bant ramp deck like every single match like that's not fun 
Yeah, I played I played probably I want to say maybe 8 or 9 matches today and I would say I played uh the very last match I played was against uh Black Red um like Cat Oven. Yeah. Every every other deck I played was Bant or um Team of Wreck. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. And like the problem is like even if you ban like Expansion Explosion, right? Like that's not the problem, you know? The problem is the engine. So it's like Actually, it doesn't even look like these decks are playing expand. Oh, yes, they are. Never mind. That would be silly. I was like, wait a second. This one doesn't look like it has it in here. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that, that would be insane if they did not. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Oh, and I kind of wanted to say something real quick. I know we're getting close to 45 minutes already. Um, no, you're good. But I kind of wanted to say something uh, when you brought up about uh, why why was it why were why is it okay that we kept the team of rec deck around? Well, their initial response was well because you have cards like Teferi. and the funniest thing is you're you're speaking about Shark Typhoon. Why was it okay that Shark Typhoon was printed? Well, because everybody was complaining about Teferi. And what destroys a Teferi? Yeah. Your Shark Typhoon. And then yeah. you, let's just slot it into the deck that has an X mana, you know, that lets us, you know, have five lands, but but do X equals eight, you know? Yeah. And also, it, it's uncounterable. You get to draw a card. Like, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I looked at Shark Typhoon when it was first printed. It was literally one of my favorite cards in the set. Um and then people are like, okay, well, I'm just going to make this a, you know, 16-16 shark with a ridiculously broken four-mana enchantment. Like, why do they make two enchantments within, like, the same three sets that basically double your mana? I don't understand the, the appeal of that. Who are you appealing to? Not me. Right? Like, I mean, I, these cards are very good. And it's so funny. Like, how many times do these cards, do cards similar to this have to be broken immediately in standard before they're like, hey, wait, maybe we shouldn't A, give away free spells and B, double people's mana. <laughs> like, how many times? It seems like it's a really easy lesson to learn, but apparently it's not. Again, they keep pushing it by trying to alter the way that the game is played. We kind of had that talk last last podcast about Teferi where, you know, I'm like, dude, I, I, I think this doesn't seem bad on its face, but the fact that it alters the way we've always played this yeah. game, like, it's questionable. Like, the rules in Magic work. They work very, very well. For, for as complex of a game as Magic is, I am immensely grateful and impressed that the rules in Magic are as all-encompassing and work as well as they do. So when you're trying to introduce something that breaks those rules, it seems almost impossible to, like, think of every scenario that could possibly happen, right? Like, if you have 40,000 cards that that apply to one rule and then one card breaks those th those rules like the odds of it not <laughs> the odds of it like working unfairly with at least one of those cards is like overwhelmingly high right i mean it just it basically what happens is you 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 give the opportunity to use this whatever it is and then it just spirals immediately because you know the hive mind is larger uh and more powerful than than plan design and the funny thing about yeah. it is I honestly, none of us would complain if, um, uh, if like, let's just say Teamer Wreck was was um, not busted in standard, but yeah, I mean, it was busted in modern. Like, I don't think we would complain as much. We're not looking at a card pool of 700, you know, cards, you know, a thousand cards. So it's hard that we're allowing these to be okay, you know? Right. And the other thing is you don't have the tools that modern has. You don't have the tools that legacy has, like... 
there's no force of will there's no you know there's no counsel's judgment there's no like all you you like you have to put in a, a pretty mediocre card in, in your standard deck to deal with a wilderness reclamation you know what i mean like i can't think even off the top of my head other than like main decking negate i can't think of a card that's really a good answer for a wilderness reclamation on turn four right there's there and if you don't if you don't have it before the end step <laughs> they get to untap and counter whatever you're playing with like mystic dispute or thassa's intervention right or or they or they it goes away right let's just say you destroy it with something and then they in response they use their mana or they they draw two cards you know what i'm saying like it it's already a one for one yeah. oh and then they got something else so it becomes a two for one automatically yeah, and like like I'm just looking at one of these decks now, like four Aethergust, two Negate, one Thassa's Intervention, three Mystical Dispute. That's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's ten different cards that they could have if they go Wilderness Reclamation, go to my end step, untap my lands, and you try to kill it on your next turn. That's ten different cards they could have to prevent you from interacting with their Wilderness Reclamation. And it's funny because we talk about free spells, right? And Wilderness Reclamation isn't free, it costs four mana, but it, it, it is kind of free. I was playing this in Pioneer for a while in a in a Sultai deck where I would go like Scarab God, turn four Wilderness Reclamation, keep up Frilled Mystic, turn five Scarab God, untap, and then like before the end of your turn, I can either counter your spell or I can reanimate something. And like the thing is, Wilderness Reclamation kind of, kind of not only makes your the Wilderness Reclamation itself free, but it also makes anything you cast after that free because you're just untapping those lands. And in any kind of control deck or any kind of responsive deck, which a lot of these decks are, you're just able to play free spells on every one of your turns, right? Uh, basically, that's that's exactly what it is. Like, here's a five drop. Untap with five mana. Go ahead. Like, I paid nothing for this card. It's crazy. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. If you look at it in that, in that lens, and it's still legal and standard, it's like, fucking why? <laughs> like... Yeah, And you know what? I'm not going to be surprised if next Monday this card gets banned. I would not be surprised because you just look at these results. Go to If you guys are listening, go to the Players Tour Online 1. Look at the results for this. The amount of Teamer Reclamation decks is disgusting. <laughs> there's a hundred, there's a hundred, 196 players. I wouldn't be surprised if at least 60% of them were Teamer Reclamation decks. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. It was, I think it was, it was it was it was up there. I don't think it was quite that high, but it was up there. Oh, it was forty percent. Forty percent. I was gonna say. I think it was like forty-two or forty-three. But yeah, I remember. Yeah. But still, that's that's stupid. Yeah, that means every four out of every four out of every ten decks was team of reclamation. Crazy. Uh, the most played card in the event was Grow Spiral, fifty-six. Percent of the decks had gross spiral. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, so hold on. The way you're talking about it, I can't tell if you knew this or not, but you realize that the de- that the top eight had max copies of gross spiral. Oh yeah, it's yeah. 32 copies of gross spiral because of um, four copies in all of the band decks and four call- copies in all of the teamer decks. So it's crazy. <sighs> it's so insane, dude. Yeah, it really is, man. Let, let me. Uh, what? What? Uh, let's let's reminisce real quick while we close up. Give me give me a, a standards pass that you enjoyed. Give me give me a, a deck or a time. One of I think one of my favorite standards was Lorwyn block standard. Actually, not Lorwyn block, but like the the standard with Lorwyn in it, which had uh, it had five color control, which you played cruel control, cruel ultimatum, yeah, cruel control, and like it, like it had cruel ultimatum and cloud thresher in the same deck. 
I mean, you also had like Kithkin, you had blue black fairies. So there were good representations of like all the archetypes. You had control, you had, uh, you know, aggressive decks. And like, but nothing was super overpowered. Like all the decks had like cards they could board in or, you know, they had good matchups against certain things. So it was kind of like, it never felt like, oh, well, shit, this is, this, this format's dominant by this one archetype, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Like that was one of my, that was definitely one of my favorite, um, standard formats but times pass man we're we're here now (laughs) everything everything is crashing down at an extremely fast rate i just i think i i honestly in in my heart of hearts i think r&d has a lot of work to do to regain some trust because it's just misfire after misfire right like they'll ban two cards in an attempt to stabilize these formats and then like the the very next competitive event like the very next high level event is just a shit show and you're like, oh, I, I, nothing was fixed. Yeah, I would think what we should do is you come to a point where Watsy just says, okay, we're cutting out all these sets. These last three sets only are legal, and we're moving forward from here. It's going to be post-standard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a different format. <laughs> One thing to be aware of is that uh, Jong Wu Cho did play uh, white in his team of reclamation deck. Because sometimes when you're playing the most broken deck in the format, the thing you really got to do is splash three Teferi's. <laughs> That's, That's a guess. That's a pure guess. That's 100% why. And he got he got seventh place, oh. um, which is good because if you anticipate a field full of team or rec decks, splashing for Teferi might not be so bad. And the funny part of that exchange right there is I had to guess. You told me he came in seventh. Any tournament before yeah. all this, I'm watching the entire top eight. I know what decks. I know what they're playing. I had to guess. That's that's how far removed I've become from it. How many Aether Gusts do you think are in the top eight in main decks? In the main? Yeah. Um, I could see I could see a lot of players running three. Um, so I'm going to say First place. fourteen to fifteen. Okay. I'm going to say fourteen to fifteen. First place, four Aether Gusts. All right. I'm, I can already tell you that I probably undershot that. Third place, four Aether Gusts. We're getting close to my 13, my 14 here. Fourth place, three Aether Gusts. Okay. Also in the third place deck, we have three, two Wilts in the main deck. Two Wilt. For those who don't know, Wilt is an upgrade to Naturalize. Destroy an artifact or an enchantment, and you can cycle it for two. So that's good. You can tell the format's not completely skewed at all when you have three Aether Gusts in your main deck and two Wilt. I want to be in a format... You know there's Aether Gust, Noxious Grasp. You know this cycle of cards? Yes. <laughs> I want to be in a format where you don't have to fucking main deck these sideboard-specific cards. Exactly. You're exactly like, correct. I feel like once you're main decking these cards, the colors you're main decking them against are way too skewed. Yeah, right. So right now we're at, we're at 11, 11 Aether Gusts, and we're on fourth place, right? Fifth place had no Aether Gusts. <sighs> You're getting there. Sixth place, three Aether Gusts. We're at 14. Oh, come on, baby. Seventh place, no Aether Gusts. Oh, we're going to do Eighth it. Eighth place, no Aether Gusts. Did I nail it? Are you serious? Yeah, 14 exactly. Let's go. <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. Wow, that was impressive. Oh, that's great. The most played cards in the entire event, Aether Gust is number seven. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Like, that's insane. Well, the field was filled filled with mono red, right? 
Oh, no, not at all. It was actually filled with uh, a green and red cards. Combo decks. <laughs> mm. Crazy. Guys, thank you for listening this week. I hope I hope I hope uh, you guys found some happiness in this fifty minutes of guys. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of Jumpstart. Let us know what you think of the standard format. I think Rob and I are both a little disheartened. I'm disheartened. Uh, if if I'm disheartened about it, then we should definitely be disheartened about it. And also, it's I think you and I love the game so much, like. That's the thing. Like a lot of people, if if a game like that I didn't care about as much did this, I would just be like, eh, whatever. It was cool while it lasted. No big deal. But like Magic's a game I will keep talking about forever because I just love it. And I never think it's beyond redemption. I never think it's beyond fixing. So like you just got to keep, you got to keep going through these times, you know? Yeah. And then the other part is like some people are like, oh, I'll just go play Hearthstone. I just, I, I, I can never get into it the way that I get into Magic. So. Same. I agree. Same. And I do love those games. I love Hearthstone. Hearthstone's one of my favorite secondary games to magic but it's just hard because we're just enfranchised in magic you know so it's yeah it's not an easy thing to just like to switch off you know you and i are, you and i are in a bad relationship with the game that we love right now and we we can't walk away <laughs> we we keep coming back for beatings no because i don't think magic means it you know i don't think they're they're trying to be terrible yeah they don't yeah it's 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 purely accidental we, we see the we see the good in them you know what i mean magic is good it's trying to be so <laughs> thank you guys for listening we appreciate it let us know how the audio sounds let us know your thoughts on all these things that we've talked about and uh we'll talk to you guys next week see you guys thanks for listening <laughs>